With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. ICAST Media Network and the Racing Spotlight. Sit back and enjoy as we have interviews with drivers and teams and listen to their aspirations of becoming their next series champions here on the ICAST Media Network. Hello world and welcome to our Tuesday night special show where we shine the Racing Spotlight old up-and-coming young talent, and man, do we have a young talent. I don't even know if you can say he's up-and-coming anymore. He's probably already arrived there from what I've heard. But let me introduce you to Logan Drumheller. Logan, if you will tell folks how old you are and where you live, we'll get this show on the road. Yes, sir. Uh, My name is Logan Drumheller. I am 17 years old. I'm from Fishersville. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 18 years old. Turned 18 yesterday. And I, I'm from Fishersville, Virginia. I was just about to call you on the age because I know you turned 18 yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't got used to saying that one yet. <laughs> no, it won't take long. I'm sure it won't. But as I told you before we came on the air, I have heard so much about you and read so much about you. And we never really script these shows, even though I have a list of 10 or 12 questions I usually ask, but what I'm going to do with you is just turn it over and let you tell your story as far as you want to go with it before I start asking questions because your story is amazing. So take it away, Logan. All righty. Um, well, I guess I'll start with the with when I got in with Hendrick. Um, I, I believe I was nine. It was 2012 at the Dover Spring Race. Um, uh, uh, it was me, my granddad and my Nana. My dad was working. Uh, my dad drives records, uh, at the tracks and <laughs> we were, we were just hanging out behind Jimmy Johnson's pit stall. He's, he's, he's always been my favorite driver. He's my idol. I've looked up to him. Um, he's, I don't know. They've always just been there for me ever since this day. But anyways, uh, I was just hanging out, you know, and then Ron Malik saw me uh, kind of looking around, kind of peeking, peeking around. Uh, he asked me to come up to him, and I, I don't really remember what all we were talking about. But um, anyways, we got done talking, and, and he asked me if I wanted to hang out 
hang out down in there. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, I, was, I was excited. I was like, I was a nine-year-old hanging out and Jimmy Johnson's pistol. I felt pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's but, um, cool, all right. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyways, he ended, up, he ended up winning that race. And um, uh, they were all celebrating. After they got done celebrating, I was still kind of standing there uh, trying to take in what just happened. And Ron Mallet comes back up to me and he goes, hey, uh, do you want to come to Victory Lane with us? And I'm kind of sitting there, like, thinking to myself, like, did I really just get asked this question? Like, <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, yeah, let me go ask my nan and granddad. So I I run run across pit road over to nan and granddad. Um, and they're up on the bank behind the pit road, if you know Dover. Um, they're up there. And I run over there to talk to them. And, of course, they say yes. So here I am walking into Victory Lane with Ron Malik. Because I'm just little, little – the only kid in Victory Lane uh, – I don't think Jimmy had his kids at this time. Um, only kid in Victory Lane, you know, uh, Ron actually was holding me, uh, giving me his hats to put on, and uh, it, it was just it was just cool all around. And ever, ever since that day, they they took me in and treated me like family. Uh, I believe we're going on eight years now. I've known them. And you've learned a lot from them, I understand. Yeah, uh, I've I've tried to take in as much as I've. I could. Um, I've had the chance to look over an actual cup car, and uh, of course, not 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 race wise, but um, I was able to actually able to get hands on with one uh, just to look at it, and it's it's incredible the way that the safety is designed now, and uh, compared to back in the day, compared to like Richard Petty driving in the seventies, it's it's just insane. Yeah, it really is. I've looked at those cars and think, wow, what a difference. What a difference two decades makes, I guess. But let's go back to, I know your father and your grandfather both were involved in racing. But let's go back to what first piqued your interest. What got you interested in the sport? Well, I've been going to race the NASCAR races since I was three years old, actually. Um, the first racetrack I ever went to was Richmond Raceway. My dad used to work with Miller Industries going around to the tracks that they worked with the wreckers. Um, then dad would take me along, and I, I was, I'd hang out in the uh, wrecker compound in, in the infield and play with my little matchbox cars. I had, like, I don't I don't even know. I think I had, like, up to 70 matchbox cars at one time just had on this plastic table just playing, racing them around. And uh, as the cars would go around on track during the race, if I was up, half the time I fell asleep if it was a night race. But, um, uh, but if I was up, I would actually use my matchbox cars and match the position of where cars were on track. Boy, so it was like I was racing. Yeah, that is interesting for sure. That is absolutely interesting for sure. Uh, that once that caught my eye, like once I first got hands on with a race car and uh, was actually able to look at one and see one, like we've we've worked the local dirt track until it shut down for uh, I don't even know how many years. Way before I was born, I know. Um, Eastside Speedway, but uh, even even in a dirt car, like I, I knew I, I was like this is this is what I want to do. This is, this is where I belong, at a racetrack. Well, do you remember that first race you went to when you were three? Do you have any memory whatsoever of that? Not not many. Uh, I remember. I do vaguely remember seeing the, the old tunnel, the way, that, the way that you walked into the tunnel, and uh, 
like seeing like walking into the track for the first time the track is a, like for a three-quarter mile track it's it's big it's bigger than I, I ever thought it would be uh hearing the rate like when i first heard the race cars fire up it was, it was, like I, like from what i've heard it, it was it was like my face lit up and <laughs> there's all this excitement and yeah I, I can identify i was five when i went to my first race and i can identify exactly with what you're saying it, it really is what attracts you most to the sport Um, I would say really just the hard short track racing. Like honestly, no, I would never necessarily try to get a rival, but I like the the idea of a rivalry and that competition that pushes you and drives you to do better. Like do better than them if they are doing better than you. Um I like I like good hard racing. I I, I just love it in general. I love the feel like I love the rumble of the engine. When did you start your first race, and in what division was it? Uh, my first race was in uh, 2018, or no, 19. And um, it was in an Allison Legacy car, uh, racing racing for a uh, buddy of mine. His, his dad asked me if I, wanted, if I really wanted to race, and of course I, I jumped on it. And... Uh, Dad asked me if I was serious about it, and I told him, yeah. So it was at Hickory Motor Speedway. Um, I was driving a gray 54 car sponsored by Drummeller's Towing and Recovery, our local towing business. Uh, and I remember testing, like, the car a couple weeks before that race, and it <laughs> I had uh, – it was it – was, like like a, I'm I'm speechless just even thinking about it. I'm sorry. I, um, it it was just intense for me because I had been never really sat in it, like been able to drive a race car and here and it was finally happening. It was just starting up the motor. It was just it, it was unimaginable. Well, that was my next question. How did it feel starting that first race? And can you remember what was going through your mind? <laughs> one of the things was don't crash the car <laughs> but uh That's a good thing. uh no not, but that that was kind of just sitting in the back of my mind it wasn't a big thing because i knew if i did it, i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna be in trouble it, it, but um no what was really going through my head like coming to the green was like all right uh it's gonna be it's gonna be uh first race just gotta stay calm focused uh and just Go with the flow. <laughs> do do what I'm good at. Well, how did you do in your first race? Where did you finish? Um, I don't remember the exact finishing position, honestly, but I I did end up hitting the wall. Oh come on, uh, Logan! Don't tell me that. <laughs> something something broke. Um, something broke coming out of turn two. Uh, I think it was a right right front pitman arm and. It, like it was it was kind of funny the the caution like literally i saw a caution light and then i saw the wall <laughs> um it, it you know right front pitman arbor coming out of turn coming out of turn two and i hit about the same angle that dale Earnhardt did uh i'm, I'm so glad i had the Hans device like i actually heard the latches snap uh and that was it was yes it was Wow, there's not much to those cars, but I guess they are. They've got a lot of safety built in, I suppose. Yeah, um, 
you can of course you have different options with seats uh of course i i use butler built that's my personal preference they they all thought our the race team i race for they're they're awesome guys down there um but i, I forget what seat i had but it was, it was a good seat uh, i had five point harness of course uh lock lock steering wheel it, yeah the safety in these cars just compared it like i said it's 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 come a long way i'm, I'm very happy for it yeah i am too so people don't get hurt especially if you saw that wreck in F1 over the weekend. Uh, can you believe that driver, and I can't recall his name right now, walked away from that? Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm, I can't recall his name either right now. I know what you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I believe I posted something on my Instagram story about it. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> I, I, that was very, very scary, a uh, very scary situation. Uh, I'm so glad he walked away from that. Uh, you'd never see a car burst into flames like that, or you'd never think you would. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today. Yeah. Um, you know, but. Uh, that was like the Ryan Newman racket. Daytona, you know, you can't believe that he actually walked out the hospital, what, three days later, two days later? Yeah, I think it was three days later. And yeah, that that's kind of. That's that's really cool. We had two miracles in one year. Both drivers, well, Ryan didn't really walk away, but he was able to walk. Uh, he's a very, very lucky man. Very lucky, and I think we, we all need to be very thankful that safety has come that far, especially now that you're moving up. What series are you racing in now? Uh, I race U.S. Legend cars right now in the semi-pro division. Um U.S. Legend cars are 5.8 scale, uh, 38 model Ford, Chevys, uh, sedans, coupes. Um, I think they have eight different body styles. It's, it's a very nice, uh, nice form of racing. All the, everybody in the sport is very, very nice and uh, caring for, for everybody in it. And you won a few, haven't you? Yeah, I was, I was actually able to uh, race the first few races when they brought back the Charger Division at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, I won the first four races. I competed in the first five. Um, I went four in a row. Or no, I'm sorry, not four in a row. I went, um, or, yeah, right, Dad? Okay, that's right. Okay, I won one, and then I lost one, and then I went three in a row. Oh, by the way, hello, Robert. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm enjoying talking to your son here. Got a, got a great Sir. young man you're raising there. And he's got some stories. Yeah, I know. I just It's like I told you earlier when we talked, 28 minutes is not going to do this justice, Logan, so we're already planning on putting you back on sometime next year when your schedule will permit it. Cause you've got, hey, I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> got a lot of things to talk about. Uh <laughs> who, has, who has helped you most in your racing career so far? I would definitely say my nanny granddad. Um, they have nanny granddad and uh, my definitely dad, of course. But nanny granddad put forth a lot of money into me and uh, believed in me 
and knew I could do it. My dad, my dad, of course, I have to thank more than more than more than really anybody besides them because he he's the one that took me to NASCAR races. He's the reason I have all the connections that I have because if it wasn't for him working with the wreckers, I mean, hell, heck, he could have quit like 20 years ago, but he, he stayed in it. Well, there's a lot to be said for that. It's a lot to be said for your stick to itness as well because I'm sure, you know, just trying to imagine these days when you get started and you got started at what, age 19 driving or was it was it 17 or 18 when you started? Uh, I started. I started driving uh, when I was well. My first race out when I was 16, but I ended up turning 17 before I got in the legend car. So uh, it was really 17 when I first started racing last year. And so you have come far enough that you've won four races, and you're building. I'm sure you're building a reputation. Your dad pretty much told me that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so far, I'm, I've made made a few friends. Uh, try not to make any enemies. I don't think I have. I hope not. <laughs> But um, I can't imagine. But yeah, uh, I've like I said, the people are just amazing in the U.S. Legend Car world. Uh, thankful for every single one of them, especially my race team, uh, Stillwell Racing, with PR. Um, it's been just it's been a crazy ride this past year with them. Um, I I just really can't thank them enough. Well, I'm sure you know by now, and I'm sure your dad will back me up on this statement. Isn't it like racing people, all racing people, kind of come together to make a family? That's the way I've always felt about it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, of course, I consider a lot of my, even even some of my competitors, I consider family. But um, our our race team is still racing. It, it's it's one big family. We we don't. Like, we all stay in contact fairly often, uh, every single one of us. Like, whether we're a bando driver or a legend driver, um, it doesn't really matter. Um, I usually try to, I try to stay in contact with them a lot a lot more because I live out of state, um, and they, they have my car down there. They keep my car uh, safe, and they work on it for me. So you actually come down to North Carolina and race at Charlotte. Is that where you do primarily most of your racing yes yep i do most of my racing on the charlotte quarter mile and uh of course during the winter heat the road course yeah now i was not aware until i talked to your dad today that winter heat actually ran on that road course i was not aware of that what's it like driving what they call it a roval i guess what is it like driving a legends car on that roval um, I guess you could kind of call it a rebel for us because we do use our racetrack. Um, it's a very, it's, it's, it's a lot longer than you would think it would be. I believe it's like 1.3 miles, I think. Um, it, so it's a long, it's a long way for a legend car. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh snakes and turns and, um, there's a chicane coming back out onto the, uh, I guess you could call it the back stretch, uh, where you come out onto the front stretch. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty sketchy. <laughs> um, you you gotta you gotta really get on and going through there if you want to have a good lap time. It's it's a lot of finesse that racetrack. Which do you like better, the roval? Excuse me, the roval or the oval? Honestly, uh, yes, I have I have won oval, but uh, honestly, I'd have to say the road course. The road course is so much fun at that track. Uh, 
I've only raced the long course. They plan on uh, introducing the short course uh, next year. Hopefully, uh, I'll I'll do decent on that as well. But um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I hope maybe I can get up there sometime next year and get a chance to see you race and get a chance to meet you and your father in person. That would be a big deal for me because this show got started to help expose young people to the world that are trying to make it in motorsports. And what you're doing is really, I think, a quick ascent toward the top of the motorsports world. It, it, I mean, that's what it seems like to me. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you up, up in uh, down in Charlotte one day when we're there. Uh, Dad works for the track. He's, uh, or we'd be able to show you around and stuff. That'd be amazing. Because I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> but. Well, if you, if you dig through the pictures of the very first World 600 in 1960, they've got a picture of a kid standing on the infield fence in turn four. That's me. Okay. That's me. Oh, heck yeah. I'm going to have to go find that picture now. <laughs> it's somewhere. I've seen it in their archives. I think it's Charlotte Motor Speedway's archives. So I've seen it, but it's from the back, so I can't prove it's me, so I don't tell many people that. I got you. Not many people that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll have, to go, I'll have to go look at that. But, yeah, I race other places besides Charlotte. Um, I've raced, uh, well, I was going to race Atlanta, but then um, COVID ended up starting, and that race got canceled. But um, I've raced Anderson's. Uh, That's a good track. Kingsport. Yes, Anderson's a really good track. Uh, Kingsport in Tennessee, uh, Hickory, Shenandoah. I've tested on Dominion um, a, a one time, but I haven't ran many tracks. I plan on running a lot more tracks this year. Uh, I ran on AMP. That was the uh, River Course World Finals for U.S. Legends last month. But you've already gotten around. I mean, that sounds like... An awful lot of tracks, but how has COVID affected your racing this year? Honestly, it hasn't affected it to a major extent because of this is being my first full year in a legend car. It was it, it was kind of different or weird because everyone else thought it was different, but to me it was normal because this is what I was used to. So next year, I think, is going to be a cha more change for me than this year was. Yeah, and what are you racing next year? Uh, I'll be back in the Legend car again. Um, hope, I'm hoping to get with a few people to maybe race a couple other things. I'm not sure yet, but uh, hopefully maybe a late model will be thrown in there sometime. Oh, man, that's a great move. It really would. Well, is there a downside to racing for you, and if so, what is it? Um... Honestly, there isn't many many downsides besides uh, just being away from home. Uh, of course, that's with any really race car driver. But um, it's really only affected my life in a good way. I've met really good people. Um, thankful for every single one of them. But, All right. but yeah, I have. I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. You know. What other, I mean, I know being away from home a lot like that can't be a downside because you, are you still in school? 
Yeah, I do online school. Um, I used to do online school through Liberty University. We're looking into a new one right now called uh, Penn Foster. Um, I, uh, we haven't really made the switch yet, but uh, we're, we're looking into it pretty heavily. Well, if you're doing online school, it's not like your traveling is taken away from, you know, being with all your classmates, which has been some of the things that we've had issues with with other young drivers. They they don't know it. Like, they don't uh, attend their proms. They don't get to go to the dances and they don't get to go to the football games and all those types of things. So, you know, it, it's the kind of thing I can certainly understand taking away from it. But what other – Yeah, I – Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. Um, Yeah, I was going to put a note on that. The school thing, yes, I was – I went to public school all the way up until I think it was like halfway through ninth grade. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of upset about missing out on the rest of the sport. But uh, once I got really into racing and knew that, that that's what I was going to do and I, I actually had the chance to do it, um, I, I wasn't really worried about that much anymore. Uh, once I got into online school, I, of course, I missed my uh, school peers and stuff. But um, I stayed in touch with a lot of them, though. It, it, it hasn't really really changed much for me. Well, what other activities you participate in? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or any hobbies that you have outside of racing? <laughs> Honestly, uh, nothing. <laughs> um, like I said, our, our, our family has a towing business that's been around for over 50 years. I believe we're going to 52 this year. Um, and that I, I, I spend a lot of time down at the shop, but, um, or I try to anyways, but, uh, other than that, really, no, not, not many other hobbies besides eye racing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you do eye racing. Huh? I do. I try to when I, when I can. Well, how do you do an eye racing since I understand that's so close to the real thing? Um, I, just, I was just able to get it again, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and I played like a week straight on it, and I, I think I got like two or three wins. But people people on there are really tough because uh, they demote a lot of time to it. I haven't had much time to uh, demote to it. So, because yeah. you're right. I know people that's – in fact, I know one, one young guy in Georgia that spends probably 20-something hours a day. It seems he never sleeps. He's always on that iRacing rig. Yeah, that's kind of how it was for, like, weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right, now, any sponsors do you have that you wish to recognize? Um, yes, uh, Drum Miller's Towing and Recovery in Pushersville, Virginia, definitely. Uh, Z-Max Race Products, um, 
uh, Landrum Performance Springs. I mentioned Butler Built Seats earlier. If y'all ever need a seat, a racing seat, I recommend them. They're the best. Uh, based out of Concord, North Carolina. Um, and definitely still racing with PR. Uh, they're my race team. They have done a, almost any, like everything for the car this year, and it's been an amazing help, and I can't thank them enough. All right, let's talk for a minute about your plans for the future. How far do you want to take this racing? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to take it to the top. I want to take it to NASCAR. Um, I, I've, of course, with the connections with Hendrick, I've, I would hope that that would help me just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I plan to take it to the NASCAR Cup Series and all the way up through the ranks and – and no, and there's plan there's plans with uh, Mr. Hendrick as well with uh, my legend car right now. So hopefully that'll be in the works uh, come early 2021. Well, that all sounds great. Do you have a timetable as to when you're expecting to move and how you expect to move up? Um, honestly, I haven't I haven't really thought about that yet. Uh, saying that this was my first year uh, full time racing, uh, I definitely plan on hopping in a couple different cars this year. Um, but I definitely know it's going to be circle track for sure. Uh, I don't think I want to move away from that. I th- I mean, I think I might want to try like a, ro- like a road course car, kind of like an F3 car or something, but, um, I- I'm not sure it- it'd be, it'd be different. It would. I guarantee you. All right. What is important to you that we haven't discussed? The... Not not really much. Um, I, I I did have one question for you. You I uh, I believe you were on the uh, Ball Speedways with Dale Jr. Is that correct? That is correct, yes, sir. <laughs> um, you were talking about Augusta International Raceway, I believe it's called. Yes, that road course now, down there. Yeah. Um. When when did that road course come come about? Like, what, what was the idea of that? Well, Fireball Roberts actually designed it. He came up with the idea, and some of the investors in Augusta wanted to build a road course, so they built, I think it was 3.2 miles long, and they ran one Grand National race there was in November of 1963, and that was Fireball Roberts' last win, the last time he won a race, because, you know, he died in 1964 in July of 64 after being burned yeah. so badly in the World 600. But it was a great track. My brother and I and a couple of other friends went down for the race that day, and it was a lot of fun being in the field, walking around, catching all the different turns. So, yeah, it was a great, great thing. I enjoyed being a part of that. Yeah, heck yeah. But I do want to say hi to one person. Like, if he listens, I don't know if he does or not, but uh, if he does, I want to say hi to Paul Call. He's uh, really, I guess, the caretaker of North Wilkesboro speedway he's uh he's been nice and generous enough to let me go in the track a couple of times and explore and it's 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 just it's amazing the piece of history that it is sure is well tell him to tune in to the archive and he'll get a chance to hear you thank him all right all righty i'll <laughs> go ahead as i just said already i will all right final question in one sentence Describe what racing means to you. Uh, racing is my life. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I'm going to put. Well, racing you know, is my life. Logan, I, I've run, I think this is our 100th and something Tuesday night show. I've asked that question of every young person that we've had on this show, 
and that is 99.9% of the answer I <laughs> yeah, get every hey, time. I kind of figured, but but no, um, racing to me is is uh, really just it's a lot more than that. It's of course this is in one sentence, like you said, but it's it's more or less the the family meaning of it. Like everyone that you meet throughout the sport is more than likely going to become family. Like everyone in the sport is family to you. That's it. And that's exactly right. But anyway, I have enjoyed it, Robert. Thank you so much for allowing me to have some time with your son tonight. It's been a great time for me, and I'm sure our listening audience had to enjoy it, listening for that. But we'll be looking for you again in 2021. And, Logan, you have my cell number. Anytime you want to share up-and-coming news, give me a call, and we'll work it out. Yes, sir, I will. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have a good night. Take care, and we will catch up with you later. Yes, sir. I'll be looking forward to it. Thanks, sir. Okay, folks, we are time for our... Now that we have your attention, thank you for listening to ICAST Media, the Freedom Network. Visit us at ICAST.network. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, while we're on the break here, I just want to remind you about ICAST.network and the NRA membership that you can obtain there. Also, the VPN, the virtual private network, which gives you some protection on the Internet. And also, uh, Dan Henson does a Sunday morning show on our America's Heartland Voice Connection, and he... I mean, it's just a great Sunday morning show, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you get a chance, tune him in. Now, let me see if I can get Cody on the phone. And, folks, I realize we are having problems with my end of the broadcast. It is something that uh, good old Microsoft upgraded yesterday or day before yesterday. And... I, I tell you, they just screwed up the whole works. I hope you're able to at least hear enough of what I'm saying. Hello, Mr. Leeming. Hello, Mr. Dinsmore. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, can you hear me fine? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. All right, good, good, because we've been working on it all day. I'm still working on it even as we sit here. Yeah. What you, got on your, what you got on your mind? Well, sounds like there's some dogs that are, uh, uh, excuse me on that. <laughs> the dogs just went crazy, but, is, is uh, dog, I'll step out. Your dog? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'll step outside here. So my apologies on that, but, um, but, uh, let's see, what have we got on our mind? There's been, you know, we've been off for two weeks now and, uh, I guess when we, uh, converse last, I believe that was shortly after, uh, I believe it had been about a week and a half after the championship race, if I'm not mistaken. Um, We've only been off one week, Cody. We didn't have a show last week because it was Thanksgiving. Oh, I know, but it was... Uh, yeah, I, know, I, know, had, I see what you're saying. Yes, you're right. We, I had, I had, we hadn't been on here in two weeks, but, uh, but anyway, um, you know, there's been... A little bit, um, there's been a little bit of news here and there. Uh, mostly, I, I feel like the Snowball Derby this weekend is going to be one of the, 
probably one of the most contested snowball derbies in recent history. Uh, uh, really, and and the whole fifty three year uh, history to begin with. So, I was actually just looking over the entry list when you called, and I mean it is just a who's who of late model racing in the snowball derby this year. Um, of course, the snowball derby, for those that don't know, is the largest and the most prestigious uh, super late model race in the entire country. It is essentially the Daytona five hundred of late model racing, and You've got to give Kyle Busch some credit. He's discovered a lot of talent coming from the snowball. Uh, The first one that comes to mind is Eric Jones. That's the only time that I've been to the snowball in person in 2012 when this unknown kid from up north driving one of his family's cars uh, outran Kyle Busch to win the snowball derby, which was Eric Jones. And sure enough, within... Uh, I think the very next next year, uh, Eric was driving part-time in Kyle Busch's trucks as well as, you know, slowly making his way into full-time trucks and then, you know, winning a championship and full-time uh, Xfinity and winning a championship. And, of course, you know, getting to drive for Joe Gibbs, um, you know, he was discovered by Kyle Busch right there at the Snowball as well as other, other kids like Noah Gragson. And, uh, of course, Chase was sort of already known when he won his first snowball to uh you know short track racing fans and by the time he won his second snowball i still count it as a second the 2013 when he was disqualified uh you know he had right because because of the because of tungsten you're right and so by the time he won that race 2013 um you know he had already had one truck win part-time uh, he had won in, in Arca win, and then Chase won his official second snowball in 2015. And at that point in time, he had already been in a nationwide champion and going into Cup full time. Um, so I wouldn't really say he was discovered from it, but uh, you know, over the course of history, there has been, I mean, everybody who's anybody in the stock car racing world has just about competed in Pensacola for the Snowball Derby. Uh, not to say that, you know, everybody from NASCAR is raced there or, or what have you. It was very much more prevalent back in the 70s, 80s, early 90s when a lot of the Cup guys uh, would still build their own late models and compete. Um, you know, Bobby Allison comes to mind, Neil Bonnet, uh, Davey ran down there, Daryl Waltrip ran the snowball. In fact, uh, I believe Waltrip it ran the snowball, Daryl did. Yeah, you didn't know that, Tim. You know, I probably have it in the back of my memory somewhere, but it just when you said it, it just shocked me for a minute. Well, let let me refresh your memory here because it's a very interesting story. Uh, he was driving, I believe, a Robert G car, the number seventeen, which you know he was on the Dale Junior download recently, and they they did go in in depth about you know his early beginnings and the late model days and all that kind of stuff, which I enjoyed that because. You know, it brought to light a lot of people that most racing fans have never heard of, like Robert G. and, and uh, you know, a lot of others that, you know, otherwise uh, I would guess that a lot of people wouldn't know who those who those people are. And, you know, they, they definitely deserve a, their spot in racing history. So anyway, um, Daryl and Ronnie Sanders, who was one of the uh, – one of the better short track racers of his time from Georgia from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 
Uh, he still owns a late model, racing part-time, that looks just like his car did from the 80s, or 70s, one of the two. Um, but anyway, it's the 77 edition of the Snowball Derby was coming down to Ronnie Sanders and um, Darrell Waltrip. And, you know, back then it was very common to maybe misscore somebody. And, you know, because they didn't have electronic scoring or timing or anything like that. And lo and behold, I believe that Daryl was flagged the winner. And Walter was flagged the winner, and he, um, you know, got the trophy and money in victory lane. Well, Ronnie Sanders comes over, and he says, I won that race, and here's why. And so after they kind of looked at his, uh, his protest, they ended up giving Sanders the win. Now, at that point in time, I believe that Daryl had already gone home, or at least left the track. And so when they tried to uh, call him about giving the trophy back, he he said, I won that race. And so I believe in the record book, if you look, Ronnie Sanders is the winner, but Daryl still has the trophy, and Ronnie got the money from it. So that's kind of the, one of the most interesting things that never really gets talked about when you talk about snowball derbies. That's almost a, a forgotten one, really. And there used to be a video floating around, I think it was from Speed 51, where they talked to both Daryl and Ronnie at separate times um, about that incident. And it's it's really interesting. I, I haven't been able to find it lately. I don't know if it got taken down or, or what have you, but it's uh, it's just an interesting thing that also you know should be noted in, in history. Yeah, that is it. And it doesn't surprise me one bit that Daryl did that i mean that doesn't help me at all but that that is too bad but when why do they call it the chili bowl uh the chili bowl the the midget race i don't know um are you talking about the snowball a snowball yeah i'm sorry uh well the snowball i i suppose it's because it's one of the last sporting events before christmas um because it's always the first Sunday in December ever since 19, what would that be, 67, I think? I think 1967 was the first one. And uh, they just called it the Snowball, the 300-lap race, just because it was, you know, after Thanksgiving and before Christmas. And, you know, typically there's never any events like that going on uh, during that time of, of any sort of motorsport, so. I believe they just called it that. Now, you mentioned the Chili Bowl. That's also coming up uh, in just about a month. And, uh, of course, I'm sure you figured I would talk about it because Mr. Elliott has uh, really got himself into a lot of extracurricular activities this off season. But tell I mean, me the, why they call it the Chili Bowl. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But it's spelled like, you know, the, the chili you eat. I know. You know, it's too – so – I don't know if they serve chili there, or, or I don't know if it's because it, it's the cold time of year and you normally eat chili and it's chili outside. <laughs> I don't know. Um, now, I'm not a open-wheel guy. I enjoy watching midget and sprint racing, but I, I don't know a lot about it. Um, so I, I don't know how long that race has been going on. I think it's been about 30 years. I want to say they started that in the 80s, I think, late 80s, most of mine. Uh, but it, it is... You know, whereas the snowball is the most prestigious event in late model racing, uh, the Chili Bowl is the most prestigious event in open-wheel midget competition. And uh, so that'll be coming up, believe, like January 
12th or something, but regardless, it's the uh, second Saturday of January, typically. And um, Second Saturday of January? Uh, yes, sir. And, um, you know, I, I'm I'm real happy that Chase is, is trying to branch out. Chase has never been in an open-wheel car other than just to just to test a midget a couple of weeks back. Might even been a week ago. But I'm just so happy that he is branching out into other forms of, of motorsports. And you can thank his new teammate for all of that. I mean, when Larson, when Larson signed on with, with Hendrick, that just opened the door for other, you know, off-season extracurricular activities that otherwise, you know, throughout history, Hendrick has kind of turned down a lot of requests for uh, other forms of racing because he knew, you know, what could happen to guys like Tony Stewart and, you know, Kyle Larson of, uh, especially Tony. I mean, you know, how many, how many times in the last several years of his NASCAR career did he get hurt driving a midget or a sprint car and have to sit out his, uh, you know, his own car. And of course it didn't matter to him as much because he was, he was the one that was paying the bills. But you know, if you're Rick Hendrick, you don't want your your lead star to get hurt and then have to, you know, not only have him sidelined, but, you know, have other sponsors to answer for and that kind of stuff. So, um, but, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. And it is just like the snowball. I mean, they have tons of entries of people wanting to race the, the, uh, the chili bowl. And, uh, I mean, they, they start, the heat races on Tuesday for her race on Saturday, which just blows my mind. Well, didn't I read somewhere in the last week or so they have 280 entries for that snowball derby? Uh, no, they've got like 54, I believe. Well, you might have been looking at the Chili Bowl. Chili Bowl, then 280 for the Chili Bowl. Yeah, that that sounds about right because there's normally about 300 cars that come out for it, um, and you know we've talked about the Chili Bowl a little bit throughout the years, and you know I don't know all of these stats and the the rules and all that kind of stuff, but from what I understand, I thought it was more of a not quite an open rule book, but there was a lot of relaxation in the rules. So if you wanted to run this four cylinder you could if you wanted to run this v6 you could if you wanted to run this body you could uh it's all about you know best car best driver whereas the snowball is kind of just the opposite ricky brooks is the technical inspector for the snowball derby in five flag speedway at pensacola and he is notorious for being the most um i guess picky would be a good word uh but he, you know, he doesn't care who you are. If your car is not a hundred percent by the rule book, you're getting disqualified. And he is disqualified. Chase Elliott, I think he's disqualified. Eric Jones, he's disqualified. Uh, Kyle Busch, and so it's kind of just a, not really a running joke, but you know, it's just kind of known that whoever takes the checkered flag at the snowball, <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, because Mister Brooks is going to go in there. Spend a couple hours and tear your car apart. And if something is not right, you will very easily lose that snowball trophy. Is that because and, uh, he, he is 
trying to maintain a status of, of excellence, or is he just a mean little bastard that wants to cause problems? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think so. I've never met him, but I, I, I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for him because he runs such a tight ship. Yeah. And I have, I have read so much over the last 10 years when the snowball has really gotten a lot of credibility and, and notoriety how – I mean, I've seen petitions for NASCAR to hire Ricky Brooks and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I think that it's just – that's just a uh, a testament to they they want to run a fair race. And if you're not legal, then you're not going to win. You know, there's no there's no points. There's, there's you know, no, no fine. It's just if you're illegal, you're not going to win this race. You're not going to have your name etched on the trophy. Well, that's the way it should be. You and I have talked about that before. Yeah, you know, I when we started talking about how, you know, NASCAR was, uh, remind me because my my memory kind of fails me at this point. Um, what day I is think, it, Cody? What day is it? Uh, not Christmas yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like there was a time in recent NASCAR history where somebody got DQ'd from the winner's circle. It might not have been in the Cup Series. It might have been, I think it was in the Xfinity Series. Within the last couple of years, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. It might have been trucks. Um, But for some reason, that just sticks out in my mind as something that happened. And I could have just dreamed that. I don't know. No, I I seem to recall that, too, and I think it was Xfinity. And it was last year or year before, but I can't tell you who it was. Hmm. Um, I think you're right. But, uh, you know, regardless, the the snowball entry is, is just, it really is a who's who in modern uh, current, you know, stock car racing. You've got Chase. You've got Noah Gragson. You've got Kyle Busch. You've got Bubba Pollard, who's a Georgia boy that, is probably the most successful or one of the most successful uh, late model racers in the last decade across the entire East Coast. You've got uh, Ty Majeski. You've got... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I think I said no, Gregson. You've yeah, got yeah. Uh, Grant Enfinger, who races in the truck series. Uh, you've got Matt Kinza's son, Ross. You've got uh, Chandler Smith, who is from our next town over. So he's pretty close to being a Dawsonville guy, but he's literally the next town over. He won two ARCA races this year. Who was that, Chandler uh, Smith? 
Chandler Smith. He yeah. drives part time for Kyle Busch, um, and he he seems to be a pretty good little driver. So he's going to be in that. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be a really good thing. And I don't know if I'm going down there yet. We we're trying to get a group from Dawsonville to go down there for Chase, but uh, I don't know. Time's a ticking. I probably won't know until I wake up Sunday morning. <laughs> but uh, if we do, great. If not, then you know. I wish I could be down there, but you know, Speed Fifty One does a great job of of uh, doing an online broadcast for uh, short track racing, and so I think, you know, at the museum we've already talked about maybe uh, purchasing the pay per view deal to to watch it at the museum of you know among some Dawsonville people and Chase Elliott fans and and what have you. So I, I don't know yet, but uh, the snowball. You know, I've only been one time in 2012, um, and we we left Dawsonville uh, that morning at like six in the morning. It's about a six-hour drive. Uh, me and three other people, and we got down there about 12:30. The race started at two, and it was like I was at a NASCAR race because people were already parking about a good half mile away. They had kind of your Kind of like a fan zone. I mean, and the ab- the place was absolutely packed. So it, uh, uh, excuse me, it was really, um, it was really like a, like a grassroots revival of stock car racing or late model racing, short track racing that I hadn't seen before. And of course, that was in 2012, and I think the snowball has gotten bigger since then. But, uh, I mean, they had the scanner rental trucks. They had uh, souvenirs. And, you know, a funny story for us is that we just walked in. We had our ticket, and we uh, we walked up to the grandstands in turn one. There were nice metal grandstands. We sat down and, you know, thought this is going to be a good race. It's a good vantage point. Well, about 15 minutes before, you know, the opening ceremonies started, somebody came up and said, you're in our seat. And we said, what do you mean? Oh, I didn't know there was a signed seat. And they said, well, this is reserved seating. So we looked at our ticket and said, oh, well, where do we go? And uh, they pointed to the front stretch. And the front stretch was older grandstands. They were wooden grandstands. And at that point in time, you know, that was a free-for-all. You know, it had already been completely full. So we sat on, like, the second row. And when a car came out of turn four, you couldn't see him again until he went into one. <laughs> we were that close. But, I mean, it was shoulder-to-shoulder true racing fans. It, You know, that kind of race, it wasn't anybody that, you know, dragged their wife or or kids or whatever, you know, just to go with them, just to be there. I mean, they were hardcore racing fans, and that was something really great. And, I mean, Snowball Derby is has easily become one of the, you know, highest rated uh, late model events in the or short track events in the country. Yeah, it really has because that you hear that talked about everywhere you go this time of year. Oh, it is, it is, and uh, you know the Chili Bowl is the same way. Chili Bowl, yes. like I said, coming up in just about a month. I mean, it's it's the same way, and I would love to go to that one day, but that's uh. That's a little bit more of a six than a six hour drive for me. Um, 
but you know indoor it's just everybody there is just you know that they love to be there and uh you know one more thing i want to talk about too if we're gonna relate all this back to chase you know not only is he doing the snowball this year for the first time in five years not only is he competing in midget cars all of a sudden and going to run the chili bowl we talked about it before because this was the the first piece of their plan was that he's going to run the rolex 24 at daytona i don't know what class it is yet i know it's chip ganassi and i know that chip ganassi has got a deal with cadillac uh, to take over the the dp cars which is daytona prototype okay and uh so him and jimmy johnson i know and then you know they'll probably find some others that are worthy enough to drive that car but you know i love sports car racing anyway i've become a big fan in the last five years and uh you know it, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun that's gonna be you know bill drove in the i think he drove in the 24 i know that he done a daytona road course race in 86 um and i think it was the 24 because a lot of people don't don't remember but that was when the fox body mustangs were you know in production yeah. And Jack Roush built a it's like a GTP, whatever kind of class that was, Mustang. You know, it was it sort of looked like a Mustang, but it didn't because it was, you know, low and wide and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But um that there was a team that Jack Roush put together in eighty six that competed in at Road Atlanta, uh the twelve hours of Sebring and I believe the 24 of Daytona. And they ran number nine. The first race had Coors on it, and the second, third race, from my understanding, had Folgers on it. And uh, let's see, Bill drove it, Ricky Rudd, Ken Schrader, and Kyle Petty. And it was like the NASCAR Ford road racing team. And a lot of people forget that. But, I have uh, how, how did it turn <laughs> out? Where did they finish? You know, I I don't even know. Say so you forgotten it too. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I know they didn't win overall. They might have won their class. I I don't even know. But uh, you know, so that's that's just going to be another deal that Chase is going to be a part of. To be, I'm sure there's been other father sons competing the 24, but. You know, this hopefully will be talked about. You know, it's just everybody's kind of forgotten about it, really. But, uh, but yeah, there's some cool things going on in the off season that I'm looking forward to for sure. Uh, really looking forward to the snowball this weekend and see what kind of results come out of that. Just, you know, not only for Chase, but just for everybody. I mean, that's just such a, a historic late model race. And to be going on for 53 years, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty substantial. Yeah, it really is. Now, Cody, I've got a question for you. How uh-huh. how is the COVID virus affecting what you're doing? I mean, do, does, uh, it, does it restrict you in any of your activities? Uh, no, no, and uh, I don't know what kind of answer you're looking for, but it hasn't uh, it hasn't affected me at all, and I know that uh, you know that. May not be the the right thing to say, but uh, you know, for what I do around Dawsonville, there uh, we haven't had any any sort of restrictions or 
what have you. I mean, you know, the day after Chase won, there was 10,000 people in, in Dawsonville, you know, for that yeah, for that way. celebration uh, when Chase, you know, got home and the pit crew had the parade and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we had – that was just a last-minute thing. We didn't know how many people were going to show up. There was no restrictions. There was no counting. There was no um, – you know, there's nobody – you know, at a, at a gate or anything like that. Cause it was just all public, you know, it was on the road. There was a lot at the museum, but they weren't in the museum. Uh, you know, we had to, we decided early on in the year for our 2020 class of the George racing hall of fame, that we would postpone that until 2021. Um, and we would just basically rename the 20 class into the 21 class. Uh, because we, we felt like if it was an outdoor event, then, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a, deal but being that it was indoors and a you know induction banquet and a service and a a ceremony that kind of stuff you know we didn't feel like especially with a lot of the older crowd that they want to be in a you know in a compacted banquet hall (laughs) you know three four hundred people deep so we decided to you know just skip 20 and let the 20 inductees become the 21 class and then we'd you know hopefully pick up as normal for the 2022 class well, the whole thing about it, the reason I'm asking that, it's, it's getting so confusing on the COVID because I know a guy right now, I'm not going to name him, that is in his early 70s, and he has cancer and three or four other things that would make the COVID very deadly to him according to everything you've heard about it. And sure. He, yeah, he's getting along fine. I mean, this has been going on three weeks now. And he's doing really fine with the whole thing. And then you you turn around and you hear on the news today a 17-year-old kid in Ohio died from it. He caught it the day after Thanksgiving and died Monday. Wow. So, you know, I just, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what's going on and trying to figure out what's safe for any of it, you know. Well, you know, it like you said, it is a confusing time and, you know, I know this has nothing to do with, with racing, you know, directly, but, you know, one thing that I've said, especially in the last several years, uh, you know, for no reason in particular, but, you know, when I, I feel like when it's my time, it's, it's my time. And, you know, I, I, uh, you can't change that. You know, you, you can't change when it's your time to go. It could be tomorrow. Could I don't you know. Please leave me your Lincoln. <laughs> sure all right um, you got one minute so behave <laughs> one minute but uh yeah aside from all that you know it's uh you know i'm just looking forward to the the day where we can you know get back i don't know if there's any restrictions in, in pensacola or not uh i haven't seen a ticket limit and i i i don't think they've been sold out yet but i would look for them to be sold out very soon yeah and uh I guess yeah so I look forward to uh, bringing you a report on that next week, and uh, you know, just hopefully to hope hope to hear some more good off-season news. There's more I didn't even talk about today, you know, relating to NASCAR and the different series of people going, you know, here and this, that, and the other. But we can, I'm sure we can, you know, do all that on another day. But uh, you know, I appreciate it, Tim, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of the week, and same to everybody listening. You too, Cody. I really appreciate you because you contribute so much to this network and to this show. I've told you that I don't know how many times, but it's true. You're just 
you make it a joy to be here on Tuesday night along with our guest and you and Will just do such fantastic work and I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate doing it. I really look forward to it every Tuesday. All right, Superstar, you have a good week. Have a safe trip, and we will catch you next week. All right, sounds good. Good night, Cody. Good night. All right, folks, it's time to hit our network ID, so let's go. Now that we have your attention, thank you for listening to ICAST Media, the Freedom Network. Visit us at ICAST.network. Now, back to the podcast. All right, and don't forget ICAST.network for your NRA information, join or renew. Also, your virtual private network information where you can be virtually invisible on the web. And again, I'll mention uh, Dan Henson's Sunday morning show that he has on the uh, America's Heartland Voice morning show. Hold on just a minute. I got to pull something up here that seems to have wanted to go away. So, all right, there we go. Let me get uh, good old Will on the phone. I, I can't figure out what's going on here tonight. If I could see what's that Zuckerberg dude's name in person, I would just tell him about his Microsoft updates and all this crap that he puts on every time we turn around. I got no use for it, but let me see if uh, I can get Will on the phone. It says it's ringing, so let's see if it is in fact ringing. And again, I apologize for the sound quality coming off of my microphone. I've done the best I can good with it. And I hope you're at least enjoying some of it. Hello. Hello, I'm looking for Will Richard. What is going on? Well, is this Will Richard? I might tell you. Yeah, it is. Shockingly, it is. I know. I, I'm just waiting to hear what you've got to talk about and hear what's going on. I mean, it's been a really confusing day for me because Microsoft pulled their update crap, which every time they do that, it screws up my Skype. And I have literally worked with it, thanks to my brother Richard's help. Worked with it all day long, and Dan Henson has been in on it. And, you know, it, it was just just one of those things that I hate. But I think we got it straightened out. Well, I think the people can hear me better now. I hope they can. Uh, I haven't even been reading chat, so I don't well, know. I don't we're know. Gonna, we will hope together. I do have a couple of things to talk about, trying to figure out what to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks since we've talked. Um, so the first thing I guess I would kick it off is pretty, pretty cool, and, and I'm sure you will enjoy this topic because it involves all sorts of racing, is uh, Chase Elliott is going to have a pretty busy off season. Sounds um, like it, yeah. I, I, I don't. Is the Snowball Derby this weekend? Yeah, that's what uh, what uh, Cody was just talking about. It's this weekend. He's going, or he's planning on going. So I don't know if I'll get to watch it. I have to figure out if I'm due. I'm going to have to figure out what app and all this stuff to download. But so he's got the Snowball Derby this weekend. He's got the Chili Bowl in I believe the Chili Bowl's in January. It is. And then you got the Rolex. And then you got the Rolex in January. Uh, Rolex 24. He's going to run. Um, 
you know, obviously these things have all been announced really within the last couple of weeks. The Rolex 24 was announced pretty quickly after uh, after the, the off season began, um, but I believe it was less than a week ago when the Chili Bowl was announced, and the Snowball was announced, I believe, two weeks ago. So uh, uh, pretty, pretty cool stuff that I think Chase is doing. I wanted to talk about that and get your thoughts on that. What do you think uh, – you know, what do you think about these announcements and, and the Defending Cup champion going out and, and running some of these? Obviously, they're not 100% grassroots, but in my eyes, they sort of are the most grassroots major events you're going to get um, with the Chili Bowl and the Snowball. Um, so what do you think about that, the Defending Cup champion going out to have a little bit of fun on the dirt and a little bit of fun on the asphalt? Well, it's kind of something that Cody had brought up when he was talking about the possibility of being injured in those races as Tony Stewart was mm-hmm. a couple of times and others, and that, to me, could mess up your cup season if the injury is severe enough so you can't run. Because, heck, you're only a month away from Daytona at the Chili Bowl and say, what happens if you break a leg or break both legs like Kyle Busch did or, you know, something like that, not wishing in upon anybody. But well, I would not want, and I think uh, Rick Hendrick used to forbid it. Right. I, I'm going to say this. I, I like it. I like the decisions. I like drivers going out different things. To one note of the injury, and, I, and obviously you don't ever want to get hurt. And and, and let's and safety is something we may get to later in the show, considering the Formula One crash we saw this weekend. Oh, um, safety, safety has gotten a lot better across motorsports. So, you know, I, I don't think it would be very likely that something would happen, but there's always the risk anytime you step into a race car. Um you know, but to note that one thing that you can think about is with the way the NASCAR format works these days, more often than not, if something were to happen, a driver's going to get a waiver, uh, and they're going to still be able to relatively compete for the playoff as long as they can get enough starts under their belt, get enough points to get in the top 30, win a race, some of that nature. So old traditional points, if you miss five, six races, you're done for. You're not going to be able to compete for the championship. Nowadays, with the way the format is and the top 30 and this and that and the winning you're in, you could technically miss half the season. And if you can rattle off uh, enough victories or just enough consistency to get enough points to be in the top 30 and get a win, you're going to be in. So, But uh, overall, I, I really like the move. I like when drivers try other disciplines. Um, I, I really miss the days of when NASCAR guys would go out and dabble in other things. Um, and then some of the Indian Formula One guys would dabble in some other things. So, I, and I wish there was more of that. Um, you know, obviously the way that you know it is with social media and sponsors, a lot of that stuff is a lot harder to do. Um, you know, especially with the sponsorship market the way it is. But to me, you know, I really like it. It feels old school to me. It feels grassroots to me. Um, it, to me, it's a sign of Chase being a really, really great champion. Um, I mean, what better way to market your sport than? Um, sending the cup champion somewhere. You know, everybody likes to talk trash about NASCAR and, and, and you know, oh, it's terrible and I don't watch NASCAR anymore and I don't do this and I don't do that. But when Chase Elliott announced he's going to show up to the Snowball Derby, yes, a lot of people were already going to go to the Snowball Derby. But I guarantee you there's a few hundred people that are now going because Chase Elliott is running the Snowball Derby. Um, you know, people like to a lot of times talk a little bit of trash about this and about that and NASCAR's mainstream in this. But the second somebody like Chase Elliott announces they're doing something, it moves the needle. Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, I was probably going to try to watch the Chili Bowl regardless, but now that Chase is trying to make it, I'm going to for sure make sure I watch the Chili Bowl. Um, you know, Rolex, I'm not a huge sports car guy. I respect it. I've just never followed it that well. I try to watch a little bit of the Rolex. 
Um, obviously, Chase being in the Rolex 24, I'll probably try to watch it. But, um, you know, I just really, really like it. I, I like that Hendrick is, is – I don't think he's wanting to loosen the reins, but I think he knew, you know, if he was going to get Kyle Larson, he was going to have to loosen some of the restrictions. Kyle Larson is going to run dirt races. And, you know, he hinted, he hinted at it at Dale Jr.'s podcast a few weeks ago that – Chase Elliott had been wanting to run a few outside things. Chase had been wanting to try some stuff on dirt. He had been wanting to go run some late model stuff. And I think, you know, obviously it's kind of, you, know, you learn this in any business place. When you allow one person to do something, you kind of have to allow all of them to do it. And when Kyle Larson's allowed to run stuff, Chase Elliott's your, your bread and butter right now. He's your cup champion. If he wants to go do something, it's his right to go and do something as well. So, I like it. Um, I hope it spurs more down the future uh, of guys dabbling in some things, and, and, and you know whether it's Chase or whoever going to run. I really, really like it. I think it's better than we just don't hear from him until February. I think it's nice that he's getting his name back out there. He's getting his face. He's popping up places, and uh, he, he's running some big boy events, and I, I really, really am going to enjoy that. Yeah, I think it is a bunch of big boy events. That, you know, the Chili Bowl and the Snowball Derby, both of them are so – you know, I don't, I don't know. They attract so much attention when they come along. Now, the 24 hours of Daytona, I have always enjoyed. I just love it. I used to sit there and watch it. Probably of the 24 hours, I would get a 19, 18 or 19 hours worth. But last year, right. they kept changing channels from one channel to this channel to the next channel, on and on and on. And I, just, I bet I give up trying to keep up with it. Yeah, I, I've always told myself one day I would try to just sit and watch it, but I never have, and I don't know if I ever will. I'm just not super into sports car racing. Again, I got all the respect in the world for it. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, and, and I, you know, I know it's hard, and, it's, and also it's hard to monitor when, you know, if you're a fan of a particular driver, when are they going to be in the car? And, and sometimes it can be difficult to get into it because let's say that the first or second driver kind of put the team in a hole and so you're trying to wish your driver could do something but there's not much he can really do and and all those certain things and um you know I, again out of the three it's probably the, the the last one i'm really excited about um you know i think the rolex is obviously it's a great event and it really it's always been the kickoff to racing for most nascar fans just because there's usually a driver to it's at daytona you're looking at the high banks and you're just you're feeling that it's a month away we're a month away and um but this year i mean there's gonna be racing to watch there's, there's still a couple of tracks that are even running up here in the carolinas uh cherokee speedway just had a, a, an event this past weekend that was pretty big so um you know it, racing it, with covid has made racing feel like it's a never-ending season which is a good thing for a lot of us um but but Really excited about Chase doing this. Um, I hope it pans out. Obviously, I'd love for him to get a couple of uh, a couple of checkered flags out of the deal. Um, you know, one one really cool point that Corey LaJoy made, and, and Corey LaJoy, obviously, if you haven't heard it, he announced that he's going to Spire Motorsports in 2021 and beyond. Um, but when things like this happen, it really opens the door for for younger guys to really make a name for themselves. I mean, the example he gave is let's just let's just assume Chase Elliott's going to go win the snowball. What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it. Open a CQ checking account and get $250 to spend freely. And that's not all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. Visit secumd.org today. Derby. Well, if there's some young hotshot kid that's 15, 16, 18 years old 
that's battling him hard for the lead, or maybe they finished second and they had a really good battle with Chase and they were fast. You know, you might have a, a cup owner somewhere go, let me get some information about this guy. This guy just ran a tenth faster, a half, you know, ten laps in a row faster than the defending cup champion. Let me let me make a contact here. Let me do that. And it, and it just it provides a big opportunity um, for those guys to to really make a name for themselves. It's the same thing right now with with uh, in the dirt world. Um, Lenny Batiki, I know you know who Lenny is. Oh yeah. Um, Lenny Batiki has been keeping me informed about a, a young up and coming midget racer called Buddy Kofoid. Um, and Buddy Kofoid is, is a very talented dirt racer, midget sprint cars. He's had some really he had a really really good battle with Kyle Larson about a week or so ago in a midget race. Those opportunities get your name out there. Whenever you can go give Kyle Larson a battle on anything in dirt, you're going to get your name out there. And I think that's really really cool what Chase is doing. Um, I don't know if any other cup drivers are in it. I know sometimes Kyle Busch will dabble in it. I don't know. I know there's going to be some, like, truck series guys that will go run it. Um, you know, I, I wish it was something that a lot of NASCAR guys did. I just think it's really, really cool. The Snowball Derby, I've never been. Um, I've never really followed it. I've never got to watch one um, just because usually it's online. And, a lot, again, I don't follow super late model racing super close. So, a lot of times I just don't keep up with the schedule of them. Um, but I know it is probably the biggest super late model race of the year, or at least one of them. I know it's a crown jewel for super late model racers um, on asphalt. So, um, you know, it'll be a big deal there, and I hope Chase runs well in it. And, and he's trying to win his third one, so it'll be pretty, you know, pretty fun to watch that happen. Yeah, I agree with you. That will be a lot of fun. But let me ask you, what do you, you know about the tracks up, say, say, Lawrence Speedway? They're closed down for how long? When are they going to start their season back? So what I've been told is they will have a couple of practice sessions in late May, and they will open open the season in April. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be there for the opening week probably, and then the next following two weeks I may not be there because I'll be getting married on one Saturday, and I may be back for my honeymoon on the following Saturday, but I'll probably be missing that one. Well, but I know we are starting. I didn't realize that yeah. marriage was that quickly approaching. Yeah, it is. We've been preparing for it for a year or so, but we're 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 finally getting to the. We're not nowhere near the finish line yet, but we've at least uh, we're at least in stage three of the race. Oh, that's good. Heading for the checkered flag. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm checkered flag will be out there eventually. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. I know that's going to be a big day in the, in both y'all's lives. Oh yeah, it will be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yes, yeah, so of what I've been told, late March practice in April will start racing. That's what I've been told. So. Obviously, you know, who knows what could happen between now and then. Um, but that's obviously the goal. I've already missed it. I'm not going to lie. I am, I am enjoying a couple of weekends at home. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but you still always miss it. I'm going to say this. I enjoy being at home, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings to be at the racetrack. <laughs> what day in April are you all getting married, by the way? Say that again? What day in April are you all getting married? It'll be April, April 10th. Oh, okay, because... Mine and Ann's anniversary is April twenty third. Not that that's important. I just wondered how. Close yeah, well, and too far away. Within two weeks. Yeah, within two weeks. How oh, fascinating. But that'll be, but that'll be pretty cool. But I did. I, I could. T- I didn't have this written down, but I did actually go to Cherokee Speedway for the second time the other week. Um, they had the the blue gray one hundred. I'm sure you've heard of that race. I have. Um, but the, I, I went to my first blue gray. I actually went with a fellow Lawrence County Speedway driver there. He they were running Thunder Bomber, so I actually hung out with him and his his crew um, that day. Because I, you know, normally I don't. I'm walking around and taking pictures and doing this and doing that. It was fun just to be a fan for a day. But that was that was pretty cool getting to see some of the biggest names in, in dirt late model racing. 
um, you know, Davenport and Overton and, and Chris Madden and all those guys. It was really, really cool to see some of those guys put on a show. And uh, that was a kind of fun experience. And Cherokee, they, I know Cherokee's probably the biggest dirt track in the, in the Carolinas. Um, they, they do a pretty good job. You know, I, you can understand why, and it just it feels like it's a big deal whenever you go to a race there, and it was pretty cool to see that. Um, that was a lot of fun. So that's been my grass, my, 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 potentially my last grassroots racing experience of the year because I, I don't – I think – I have to check. This may be the first weekend that nobody is running in the upstate. I think you're probably right because I haven't heard any scuttlebutt one way or the other about any track. That's running right. from I have, now until the end of the year, except for that. Yeah, I think snowboard. Yeah, except for some of the asphalt. Some of there's. I know there's still some decent late model races. I know midget racing is pretty much year round. Sprint cars, you'll see them running in the Midwest kind of year round. But we're pretty much done here in the Carolinas, from what I understand. But one of the next things I was going to shift to um, is NASCAR wise. We have had, and I think it's been two, two or three weeks since we've talked. We've had a couple of announcements that have come through. I was going to see what you thought of some of them. Um, Jeb Burton was one I was really excited to hear about. He's going to junior motorsports. Um, or no, no, he's going to college. I don't know what I was thinking, junior motorsports, college racing. Um, I thought that was really, really cool for Jeb. I don't know if you ever got to talk with Jeb. I'm sure you've been around Jeff or Ward over the years. Um, but, but Jeb Burton was a really feel-good story, and I was really glad to see something come together for him. Yeah, I think he's a good kid, and I think he has a good future in the sport. I was never really close. I think I interviewed Jeff Burton maybe three times the whole time I was doing commercial radio. But mm-hmm. I, I tell you, that other Burton brother, Ward Burton, was a trip. He was a great interview. He was a great person. He was the best they came. I really enjoyed that guy. He still seems to be. I don't know if you ever get to see. He does videos all the time of him, like, outside on his farm or in yeah. some land. Yeah, and they are hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he's just picking up snakes like it might as well be a kitten, and just having fun with them. Doesn't bother him. I love his acts. You know, people. All, that's one thing I hated when I learned that NASCAR drivers, especially in the '90s and 2000s, when the sport was really getting mainstream, is you know a lot of these thick accents. They would they would try to you know send them to classes to get their accent to go away. And I know that's one reason that Jeff Burton does not have a big accent is because he went he got certain classes and learned to get his accent to go away. I love it. I love you know Sterling Marlin's one of the best voices there ever was. Ward Burton. Yeah, I, we need more voices like that. Elliot Sadler. I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't really know if there is a great voice right now in NASCAR, driver wise, that really has that Southern twang to it. But that's one thing about Ward. I always love hearing him talk. People make fun of it, but I love hearing Ward Burton talk. Well, he said he talks that way because he grew up in the south end of the house. His bedroom was on the south end of the house. <laughs> So, you know, he, um, he is a great guy. If you ever meet him, you, you're going to meet somebody that is. He he. Sometimes he acts so serious, but you can't help but laugh because you know he's pulling your leg. You know. Right. And then some other tidbits. More from College Racing. AJ Almendinger today is announced full time Xfinity racing for them. Um, so really cool for AJ. I think most people. I, for most people that I would understand, uh, you know, AJ's a really likable guy, a really good guy. Um, you know, it feel good story. You want to see AJ do well. I think it's a great move for Colin to put him in, in the Xfinity car full-time, especially with all the road courses these days. Really cool for him. As I mentioned, Corey LaJoy announces he's going to go to Spire Motorsports. They say it's on a multi-year deal. And Spire Motorsports really seems to be, 
you know, I was a little skeptical of them a year or so ago, and then they, they came on Dale Jr.'s podcast and had a full episode kind of talking about, you know, people kind of thought it was a team that was just trying to make a dollar and run in the back, but they have really made an effort in the last year or two to not be that team. I mean, from what I'm understanding, they're going to get in, they're going to be getting cars and equipment from from Childress and, and Hendrick and all this kind of stuff. Um, they're really kind of going, and maybe it's all Hendrick, but they're really kind of diving in deep, trying to make a move here in the in the next couple of years. So that's really cool for them. Um, another unique one. I'm not sure how you'll feel about this, but John Hunter Nemechek is going to go run for Kyle Busch in the Truck Series. Not the move that I fully expected, but I, you know, I don't know if you've ever been around John Hunter. I've, I've changed my mind on him. I was really, I was really upset with him after the incident that happened in Canada a few years ago, um, when him and Cole Custer got into it. He pretty yeah. much just trashed Cole Custer for a half a mile on the wall to win the race, and I, I really put a bad taste in my mouth for a couple years. I've kind of gotten over it. You know, you let things go. John Hunter's proven to be a really, really good race car driver. Um, but he takes a step back to Kyle Busch Motorsports. He's going to go back to the truck series. And, and what did you think when you heard that? I was shocked. I, I mean, I really was shocked. I've never met him, but I knew his daddy. Mm-hmm. No, I, well, I knew his daddy. I interviewed his daddy several times over the course of the years. And, you know, he's he's another great guy. It seems to me like all, the, at least in my eyes, all of the guys from the older days, be that the 90s or the 2000s, Oh, they had great personalities and the great, great way of associating with fans. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I remember Front Row Joe, a little bit of him when I was starting to watch. I know he won a couple of races when I started watching. I know his qualifying prowess was awesome. My buddy calls John Hunter Front Row Joe Jr., so that's how he goes by to us. Um, but, but, you know, not the move I expected. I really thought he would stay at Front Row. Not sure what happened there. Um, I really thought maybe he could have been a candidate for a higher ride at some point. Maybe it was the 48. Maybe it was, you know, somewhere else that was with a little bit more speed. But uh, really shocked to see him go trucks. All I can say is he, he better go out there and win some races because you can't go from running. I mean, he, he had some decent runs in the Cup Series to all of a sudden not being talked about in the truck. So he better go perform. And then the last bit of news. Now, this has not been announced. But I don't know if you've heard anything about this. It looks like. Michael Waltrip is probably going to run the Daytona 500. Um, Rick Ware Racing said they were going to announce a, a former Daytona 500 uh, champion as a driver for the Daytona 500. And Michael Waltrip mysteriously tweeted earlier this morning, one to go. So what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if you've heard anything on this, but it looks like Michael Waltrip is going to run the Daytona 500. What do you think about old Mikey getting back out there and, and mixing it up with the boys one last time? Well, first of all, my Twitter and my Instagram and my Facebook started lighting up this morning with the fact that they thought that's what was going to happen. My feeling on Michael Waltrip is I can't stand the man. I can't stand his voice. I can't stand the way he looks. And I think, you know, he's just a detriment to racing. So why the hell they would give him a ride in the Daytona 500, they are sucking for something. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, it, it seems kind of random because it's been a couple years since Mikey's ran anything, and I'm not really sure what kind of spurred it. You know, I like Mikey. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of him necessarily as a broadcaster. Um, of his personality, I think it's cool. He's one of those wacky personalities that you kind of miss from time to time. Broadcaster, I kind of deal without it. Um, but, you know, 
Mikey is still, you know, to me, it's, it's still fun to see Mikey go out there and mix it up because regardless of what, it, you know, his stats, career statistics were, Michael Walter was a was a pretty darn good plate, restrictor plate driver. Um, and, and even as a few years ago, or I mean, it's almost a decade ago, but that infamous wreck that happened at Talladega in t- 2012 that were pretty much 30 cars wrecked, Michael Walter was potentially going to win that race before Tony Stewart threw the worst block in the world on him and wrecked the entire field. I mean, Michael Waltrip is somehow is able to find his way near the front at some of these things. So I think it'll be cool, but it kind of came out of nowhere. I kind of thought that train had left the station, uh, that Mikey had kind of said sayonara. But, uh, yeah, apparent, and obviously nothing is official yet, so obviously we don't know this for sure, but it looks like that's what's going to happen. That's the only thing to me that makes any sort of sense. So um, that'll be interesting. But, the last thing I was going to talk to you about before we get out of here, I know we only got about five or six minutes left, is um, we mentioned it briefly earlier. Did you see the Formula One crash that happened this weekend? Good Lord, yes. And I wouldn't have given you a plug nickel. That guy was alive. And he gets, he gets, oh, yeah. they helped him out, but he came walking out of it. Well, it, it's it's one of those things is, you know, I, we're, I think we're so accustomed to drivers walking away now. I mean, you almost don't even respect crashes for how bad they are. I mean, for a yeah. while, when I first looked at that, um, you know, when I first looked at that, you know, my, the first thing on my mind wasn't even that he was going to die. You know what I mean? I'm just looking at the fire, and I'm just I'm, – I'm really not even thinking about it. I say, oh, that's a big crash. And, and I'm not even going to lie. I mean, it never even crossed my mind that he could potentially be killed. The thing that really got my mind shifted to I can't believe he is still walking is the clip of the fire – you do not see him anywhere, and all of us. I mean, it, it, it's almost. I don't want to. I'm not a very religious person. I don't want to mix that into it. But it was almost a, a, a superhuman-like photograph and video of you just see him walking out of the flames, and you're thinking, "How is this man?" I mean, I think his only injuries is that he burnt the back of his hands. Yeah, they've, and, got, and, they've got a picture on social media of him in the hospital. And he has yeah. both hands up in straps, so apparently got his yeah. arms and his hands burned pretty badly, right. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, it was just crazy, and I'm saying, and it's it's almost sickening how how we're so brainwashed to think that everybody's okay these days. I mean, you saw what happened to Ryan Newman, um, you saw what happened this past week, and you kind of don't think about it um, as death anymore. But I mean, you know, you, I'm looking at that video, I'm thinking, I have no clue how he's alive. I mean, the entire car was split in half. Um, and then I'm assuming, from you know, because I'm I'm a dumb guy. I ask s- simple questions. You know, what makes a, what makes that car blow up like that? Most people have told me it's probably fuel lines getting ripped and fuel lines and sparks. You know, that creates a big boom. That's what happens. Um, you know, he literally broke the guardrail. The car is split in half, almost exactly where the driver sits. Um, and, and from what they're saying, that new halo has probably saved his life. Um, without the halo on that car, we, you know, we're probably talking about a much more un- unfortunate situation. Um, you know, the halo was highly debated a couple of years ago when it was first announced, and all of a sudden now, it, you know, it, it saved a life. And, and, you know, over it all in general, it makes you go back and think about how dangerous racing was just 15 years ago, just 20 years ago. I didn't even think about that. It didn't even make, cross my mind that this, the next Daytona 500 is the 20th anniversary of Dale Hart Sr. passing. And as unfortunate as that situation was, I was not watching it, so I didn't experience that in person and, 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 and take that in because I just I wasn't, I wasn't watching yet. 
and I probably wouldn't have been old enough to understand what had happened. But it's almost like it took that event happening to make sports, or, or at least auto racing, safer. Now, I'm sure there has been deaths since then. Um, but on a national level, I don't really remember the last time. I guess it would be the IndyCar driver that had the, uh, where his helmet got hit by a piece of debris at Pocono. That would probably be the last time I remember somebody passing away um, from, from an incident. Um, but it's just you, you become so thankful for how safe, in a sense, obviously, I don't know if you can ever call a race car safe, but safe as can be to an extent that we've gotten over the last decade or two, that, you know, it, Ryan Newman's wreck 20 years ago, I don't think there would have been a question. We, we would have lost Ryan Newman that day. We would have, the wreck that happened, the, the wreck that happened this past weekend, if that happens in Formula One, if that happens as of last year or the year before, before the halo, I mean, we're talking about potentially them losing a driver right there. Um, you know, the situation that happened with Robert Wickens a few years ago, the IndyCar driver who's slowly been able to learn how to walk again. I mean, you you look at things and you're thinking, how did these things happen? And yet drivers are still walking away or at least surviving uh, to, to, to see another day. And, and it's just crazy. And it makes you thankful for how safe these things get, you know. Um, we take it for granted because, you know, on the national level, you know, we see so many of these incidences where something big happens and the driver walks away. And it kind of becomes numb to you that, man, nothing, you know, these cars aren't dangerous anymore. But, you know, you really sit there and think, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough. I, I have not been in any incidences in, a, in my personal vehicles. Um, I've been fortunate on that. But I can imagine a, a wreck happening at 30, 40 miles per hour is still pretty scary. Imagine the same thing happening at 200-plus miles per hour. I mean, I, I can't even fathom what that would be like. No, you can't. But let me tell you, if you ever get a chance, look at that 1967 Plymouth of Richard Petty's. Because he's out. I mean, that's in his museum. He takes it out from time to time. And look at those roll bars. And then look at what is in today's cars. You wouldn't believe it. In fact... The last time I looked at that car about a year ago when I was at the museum, I couldn't believe the roll bar cage was that spindly. I mean, it looks like nothing to it. But yet, Richard, oh, yeah. you know, and before that, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. But just like that, we've ran out of time. Well, we've come a long way, baby, in the safety, and let's keep it up. How about it? How about it? And let's, uh, you know, let's let's – Let's cheer for Chase Elliott to win some things during the off season. The silly season's getting crazy, but starting to ramp down, and we'll keep on cheering for safety as we go along the way. We'll do it. Will, as always, thank you. Great contribution. I enjoyed it. You and oh, yeah. your fiance have a great and wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Have a good night. See you. All right, folks, let me hit the station ID, network ID, whatever you want to call it. Now that we have your attention, thank you for listening to ICAST Media, the Freedom Network. Visit us at ICAST.network. Now, back to the podcast. And I want to thank all of you all for suffering through my microphone maladies for tonight. I hope you got something out of the guests. They were the ones that were important to hear, not me, but... I appreciate you sticking with it and trying to hold on to it. Um, I don't know what we'll do to correct it. I worked on it almost the entire day. 
my brother Richard worked on it with me. I don't know how many, how long that he was involved with it. And, of course, Dan Henson did as well. But I thank you for your patience with that. I also want to thank all of our listeners who support our shows here. You know, we enjoy bringing these to you both on Tuesday night and on Thursday night. And on this Thursday night show, our guest is going to be Bob Hissom, who is a motorsports historian, somebody that's involved in so many different things to support the history of stock car racing. It is unbelievable. I'm also going to send out a special thanks to all those serving in any branch of the U.S. military and to their families who sacrificed so much to keep us free. Thanks also to all law enforcement officers and first responders who placed their lives in jeopardy for our protection and safety. I want you to remember that all shows are archived within minutes of their conclusion and can be accessed at any time. Please spread the word among your racing friends about what we are doing here. You can email me at timleeming at ghosttracks.racing. You can follow me on Twitter at timleeming83, and you can find me on Instagram as timleeming. I also want to thank Daniel over in Kazakhstan, who called me today in a uh, a very unusual video call, and we had a nice long talk. Uh, Daniel is just a super guy. He is a very huge stock car racing fan, and he and I kind of watched the races together on Sunday, but today was the first time that we had a chance to talk, and he just loves these shows that we do here. So we know we've got listeners around the world, and we appreciate them all. Remember to join us in honoring the past, embracing the present, and dreaming for the future. And remember, do small things with great love. Love you all. God bless us, everyone. The proceeding was a production of ICAST Media Network.